You're listening to the winning literary show, Off the Shelf Books Talk Radio, live with host Denise Turney, author of the books Long Walk Up, Portia, Love More Over Me, Spiral, Love Has Many Faces, and Rosetta's Great Hope. Turn up your dial and get ready for a blast of feature author interviews, 411 on book festivals, writing conferences, and so much more. Ready? Let's go. One day or day one, you decide. That quote is from an unknown source. One day or day one, you decide. Good morning, good morning, good morning out there. I want to say, first of all, thank you to our loyal listeners. And if this is your first time tuning in, you're just looking for something to do on Saturday morning, I want to let you know that you are listening to the Winning Book Podcast off the shelf. This is March 25th. Oh, my goodness, we're coming to the end of March. Already, already, we are in spring. And it is. it rained here hard last night, but it's the sun is out. Welcome, hello, sunshine. And to all of our listeners, we have an awesome guest on deck for you this morning. But before we introduce you to this deck, talking about the beginning of spring, and this is a time when kids get out. It's so good to get outside and play. It's healthy. It's healthy for children and adults. And I'm telling you, Rosetta Blay, for those of you who caught the first book, Rosetta the Talent Show Queen, this is a middle school book for kids 8 to 12. And some 13-year-olds might also like it because Rosetta's sister and her brother are big-time teenagers. But she's in the fifth grade. So I, she she introduced herself to the world and Rosetta the Talent Show Queen at the fifth grade talent show. But now what she is doing, her skateboarding skills, she has some serious skateboarding skills, living in Cincinnati, Ohio, the work she and her friends do, because something happens she does not expect, and she's got to pivot. The work that she and her friends do with this skateboarding competition is the good work they do. You are really and your kids going to love and appreciate it. Rosetta's Blade, new action adventure at the skateboard park. Even if you're not into skateboarding, and I've never skateboarded. My my brother did. But even if you're not into skateboarding, you will love this book because of what these kids do, the good work they do. And it's a blast of fun. Books, too. I'm working on book three. Go get both books and read them. See if you don't enjoy them and read them for the kids in your life and gift them with them. Rosetta the Talent Show Queen and Rosetta's New Action Adventure. Go check Miss Rosetta Blay out. It's in ebook, paperback, and hardback. And then let me know how you enjoy. She's something, y'all. Y'all going to love Rosetta. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And this morning's guest is M. Kate Poe. Kate is a writer. She's a filmmaker, musician, blogger, and entrepreneur. She's just juggling so much stuff. She's also the CEO of Poe Enterprise and the author of the book Secrets of Beautiful, The Art of Discovering You. She works to encourage and help people express their true self and live their fullest life, a life filled with joy, peace, love, and victory. She attended the Visual and Performing Arts High School in St. Louis, Missouri, and Norfolk State University, where she earned a bachelor's degree in music, media, communications. She also pursued a master's in communications film directing from Regent University. I encourage you to check out Ms. M. Kate online at 
Secrets of Beautiful.com. It's spelled just the way it sounds, S-E-C-R-E-T-S-O-F-B-E-A-U-T-I-F-U-L.com. Secrets of Beautiful.com. We are just so happy to have Kate on Off the Shelf with us this morning. I hope I pick up the right line. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Kate. Thank you, Denise, for that beautiful, beautiful welcome. Now, I, I didn't pay you to say all those good things, but <laughs> thank you so much. It was just, you know, I'm sitting here smiling. I'm like, is that me? <laughs> but thank you, you. Thank you for having me. You know. Yes, you've done all, sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes you forget you've, you've done all yourself. that work and put all that good seed out here. Now, the first couple of questions I'm going to ask you, like the first three or four, I ask every guest who comes on the show. I can remember when I started off the show, it's been on the air, we started on the radio 17 years ago, and I used to just go right into questions about their books, and I got emails from listeners, don't do that. Give us a little backstory on the guests before you start talking about their books. So that's what I do now. So the first question I would like to kick off the show with is Kate. Can you tell off-the-shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Yes, I I grew up in the beautiful St. Louis, Missouri, St. Louis City, of course. Um, and my family was from the from the south, from Mississippi. And my mom migrated to St. Louis when I was very young, like four or so. But um, growing up in St. Louis was interesting at that time, growing up in the city. Um, I didn't realize it, but now that I'm an entrepreneur, um, growing up in the city of St. Louis uh, influenced my life in, in so many ways. I think one of the most profound ways is entrepreneurship, because uh, where I lived um, down on the boulevard was all business owners, and they were black business owners. They owned everything from Dairy Queens. We had a dry cleaners. We had stores. So we never really had to leave our neighborhood for anything. You know, people call it segregation now. <laughs> but we had our own elementary school, our own high school. Um, the principal was black. So it, I grew up seeing... Um, a lot of blacks in power, entrepreneurship, and so forth. So it was great growing up in the city. Uh, you know, it was, it's a little bit rough and tumble in the city, but um, I feel like it prepared me for going into a life that, you know, I, I was just path and purpose into. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I only know one other person who lived in St. Louis, and uh, I've never been there, never have been to St. Is that where Fred Sanford was from? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Was he from there? Oh, you Sanford know, is from... <laughs> totally I, think made he, up. I, I think he was. I know he was connected to St. Louis. Yeah, he was uh, talk about some place. It was somewhere around there if it wasn't St. Louis we would talk about. Now, when you were a little girl, when you were dreaming about what you wanted to be when you grew up, what did you want to be when you were a kid when you grew up? You know, when I was growing up, I thought one day I would be uh, a fashion designer. Oh. Because I did. I uh, Because I, I my mom sent me to sewing school when I was like 13, like my auntie was, man, she was, she was the goat, as they say. 
And um, so I think my mom was inspired to send me to sewing school because of her. But when I went to that visual and performing arts, uh, my main interest was, uh, believe it or not, fashion. And so I thought I would be, I had dreams of being maybe a fashion designer in Rome and everything. And uh, so, yeah. That's what I thought about when I was a little girl. But, you know, when you grow up, sometimes things, you know, it changes. Oh, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no doubt about that. Now, so we go from fashion designer, growing up in St. Louis, the fashion designer, the businesses, the black-owned businesses you grew up seeing. Who or what mm-hmm. inspired you to pursue writing? What birthed your love for books? Um, I think when I was young, my mom, I remember, I don't know if you, I'm sure you remember World Book Encyclopedia. I've heard of it, yeah. Yes. Well, when I was young, um, my mom bought us this whole set of World Book Encyclopedias. It has, like, the games for geography and stuff. And so that's when I first fell in love with books, was right at that time. Interesting, Mm -hmm. interesting that that, that, so last question before I start talking about your school, your books, the films, the different things you read. How old were you, so the World Book Encyclopedia inspired your your thing for books, how old were you, though, when you knew that you wanted to be a writer? I think um, probably in my late 20s, probably uh, when I was, probably I would say late 20s, early 30s. And I think somehow I knew I always would be a writer. I did, but it took a while for it to actually, like, uh, birth in me. So it, I knew it, you know, for a while, but I didn't really, it didn't really come to light and um, like when I was 30. Interesting. Now, you attended the Visual and Performing Arts High School in St. Louis, and Mm -hmm. do you still pursue the arts? Are you still working in? Because that's a different form of storytelling to me. Books is a form of acting, is a form of storytelling, songwriting. Do you still pursue that part of the arts, uh, like whether it's acting or what were you doing in visual arts, and is it something that you still do? Yes, in fact, it's funny that you ask. I'm a singer, and so um, actually I'm, I'm in um, Louisiana now recording some new music. Wow. <laughs> which, uh, which I hadn't done in a while. So, I, yes, I'm still very active in the arts. Uh, I still perform occasionally for friends who call me up um, and so forth on the radio stations and so forth. And I'm very active uh, in creating every day. Like my whole life is about creating uh, because I also have a candle business uh, online. So everything I do in my is is about creativity for me. Uh, okay. Now, when you're acting, I've seen actors uh, at work when they do when they show how they they pull the, their work together. You have to really mm-hmm. pay attention and tune into your own perceptions, feelings, perspectives. Do you find that easy to do? And how has acting 
when you you got to really keep in touch with all these emotions. You have to study other people's characters you're gonna play. Mm-hmm. So, 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 do you find it easy to tap into your own and other people's feelings, perceptions, and how has acting impacted your writing? Well, you know, uh, to be honest, I was more uh, the uh, director than an actor. However, um, I had to work with actors. And I had to, you know, get, uh, you know, you work with emotions, you work with people. So I think that a lot of that skill came from all the years I spent, like, in sales and advertising and and recruiting and so forth, uh, which I always had to deal with a lot of people. So as a a director and a writer, you have to be in tune to people, and um, you have to be able to bring out the best in them, to get them to understand the character. So, like, you know, an actress and a director, the, the common bond is the script. And so both people have to understand it. So it's always uh, the writing. So, um, you know, it's... It, you can transpose it to that, to working with people. And I'm a a people person, so I love working with people, you know, most of the time. (laughs) So so, uh, as far as directing, I think that has helped a lot, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Introduce off-the-shelf listeners to your book, Secrets of Beautiful, The Art of Discovering You. Yes, Secrets are Beautiful, The Art of Discovering You. It's inspirational, it's motivational, and it's um, it's based on, uh, uh, it's about discovery, but I wrote it in terms of inspiration from the things that I had learned over the years that had inspired me to actually start writing the book. And so when I, you know, when I wrote about, wrote to start writing the, the book, all of the chapters in the book come from a place of inspiration. And one of the reasons that I decided to become an inspirational writer, that when I was young and growing up, it was inspiration that kind of saved me. Like if, mm. if I was feeling sad or feeling down, I always looked for something inspirational to read. So it really helped me uh, through those periods. So when I decided to uh, write my first book, of course, I chose it to be inspirational and motivational. Based on my life and the experience of of other people as well. Mm-hmm. Now, did you do? Did you do uh, conduct research, do surveys, uh, interview people to compile material for the book? And if not, how did you get the material uh, that you used to create the book, Secrets of Beautiful: The Art of Discovering You? Well, I was I was inspired by people, and I'll tell you the inspiration for the name. It was I used to take the train into downtown. And uh, it was this uh, man in the wheelchair, and he was severely disabled. Like, he couldn't talk. 
he had one of those uh, communication boards and everything with the stick. Mm-hmm. And every day I would go in, I would see him, and he would just be going about every day like no problem. And I thought to myself, wow, that must be really tough um, to maneuver in a way that everybody else doesn't have to maneuver in. But he would relentlessly be up going about his business. And I thought on the train, I was like, well, I wonder what's his secret. I wonder what keeps him going and motivated. Because, you know, most people would probably give up. So that inspired me. That was one inspiration for the title of the book, The Secrets of Beautiful, which is, you know, my thought was when our lives are really chaotic, and everything is going on, it's like, you know, everything is out of control. It's like that's the time where you where the, you, you have the secret. You have the secret to this, and it's within you, it, you know, and it was within me because I was going through, like, some really tough things. And so I, it really I was talking to myself when I wrote the book. I was having to dig real deep to find those secrets, you know, to still be beautiful in like a chaotic situation, and so, and 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 that was really the uh, the uh, inspiration for the book. And so, so many people inspired me uh, from years back in my life. Stories I've been told, profound stories that I remember, stories that I hear, uh, because there are there are some stories in the book, uh, whereas I talk about the chapter based, you know, on something that was very relevant that was happening with women. And uh, it's it's in the book as well. So a lot of things inspired me, a lot of different people. Uh, so, and that was a good thing. I had so much to pull from because this was my first book. Mm-hmm. And, and tell mm-hmm. us about, tell us about, first of all, I wanted to ask you, when did the book come out? And how is it written? Is it is it written in, uh, do you write it in like, sto- almost like a story form where you're writing about a, a particular topic and, and then one chapter in a story? Is it poetry? Is it a mix of different things? How is the story compiled from that uh, aspect? And then I have another question that I wanted to ask you. Okay, so the book is written in a, uh, I'll say a story inspiration. Like in the introduction, um, I talk about uh, my auntie who was a midwife, and I didn't know that my my grandmother's sister, and um, I didn't know she actually delivered me my brother's sister. Until, oh, you know, I'm, I'm serious. Until some some time, and you know, she lived in the south, and I was born in the south, but. I found out that she actually delivered me and my brother and sister and that she was actually a midwife, you know, and I was kind of shocked because I'm like, wow, you know, she she had to be really smart. She had to be really smart. So I talk about that story in my introduction and my family and uh, uh, a little bit about my history and and my legacy um, in the Introduction, like my grandmother, and in that introduction, 
it was my grandparents' story that inspired me. So I actually dedicated the book in loving memory to my mom's parents. And the introduction was inspired by their lives. And um, they were they were in the South. They were freed slaves. They lived mm-hmm. on a plantation. And uh, mom, you know, I, you know, I never knew about my mom's life until I grew, I was growing up. And I knew nothing about my mom's life until one day I was talking to her. And I said, Mom, what was your life like as a little girl? Because I think sometimes we forget our moms was little girls and they had lives. We just see them like mama. And, wow, when when I asked her what was her life like, wow, did she have a a story to tell? Wow, yeah. And she told me all this information. So I opened up the book with their story. And mm. I talk about it in an inspirational way and how my grandmother could not read or write. But I I'm a writer and she has grandchildren that, you know, or that's PhDs and it's so ironic that all of that came from a, a woman who couldn't actually read or write. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, th- yeah. Th- it, 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 <clears throat> And you know it's interesting when you say that you you think of people the way you know them whether you when you met them they were a CEO a dentist uh, a janitor or a carpenter or whatever and that's the way you hold them in your mind realizing there's so mm-hmm. much more to to each of us and that you a uh, kudos to you for sitting down and asking your mom what was your life like when you were a kid because we don't see our parents as kids growing up they just start when they have us. <laughs> She didn't even exist until I was born. Now, th- tell us about topics. That, what are some of the topics that you cover in Secrets of Beautiful? I, I cover self-esteem. I cover uh, finding ourselves. I cover... Um, history and legacy. Um, I also cover some spiritual points like belief, faith, things like that. Uh, some ethical things like kindness and stuff like that. And some wellness topics as well. So it's kind of mixed with all of that. Now, are there places in the book where readers, I've read like self-help books, and would you consider this a self-help book? I don't. I consider this book a discovery book because okay. I believe that when we when we discover ourselves, that we can help our own selves. So, you know, it's more inspirational, and it's more to inspire people to discover themselves, look within themselves. They have the secret with with them to to really tackle all that's going to be with them in their lives. So it's more of a book about discovering oneself. Okay. Now, are there places in the book where readers complete any worksheets? Are you talking about discovering yourself so they can dig deeper mm-hmm. into what could be going on with them and, cares or life, because a lot of times we have very good intentions. 
we might say, I want mm-hmm. you said you cover you cover wellness. Somebody might say, mm-hmm. I want to be I want to be more healthy. I want to eat better. I want to lose weight. I want to exercise. Drink more fresh water. Mm-hmm. But then they they for some reason they can't let go of that habit. So nothing changes. Or they want to come out of domestic violence, but for some reason, they, every time they start up a new relationship, it ends up in domestic violence. They're stuck, and they, 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 it may start out good, but they get to the stuckness, and then now you're repeating and you're repeating. Are there any worksheets mm-hmm. that people they can dig into this self-discovery to find out what is causing them to get stuck? in certain areas so mm-hmm. they can go ahead and, and move forward in advance. Are there worksheets? If not, what do you do to help people in this self-discovery process? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, actually, after each chapter, like in Chapter 1, it's entitled Know Thyself. And after each chapter, uh, I had four questions with blank pages where the reader can actually think about what has just what they have just consumed and then they can think about it in one of the questions after the first chapter is how can you unmask the imposter and I talk about the mask that we wear in our lives in that first chapter is entitled know thyself and I talk about that and how we can, uh, if we don't know ourselves, that we can assume identities that don't really belong to us. So I included those blank chapters so that there are questions that would encourage the reader to really think after reading the chapter about unmasking the imposter. Uh, so I have these four questions that they can answer. And I did, I, I, I put the questions after the chapter because I am of the belief that when we ask the right questions, it will cause us to seek the answer. And when we seek and find the answer, perhaps we can solve the problem. So uh, I believe questions are very good when we ask ourselves the right questions. I think it can get us started. And I think change is about first knowing there even needs to be a change. And so I think the questions are, I found it helpful for me, like to ask myself a question, and, you know, nobody's looking, so you can actually tell the truth on paper. (laughs) 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 Yeah, there you go. So I hope that they, that uh, the uh, people that, uh, you know, have uh, have the book, I hope that these questions will help them. Like, who are you? Like, that's a very deep question because the first yes. thing we want to say, oh, my name is, I live here, I do right. this, and I work here. Okay. So I, I pose it and I talk about it in the chapter chapter in a much deeper manner, encouraging the readers to look deeper. Think about the question, who are you? Not real surface, because when we think about it as surface, we're going to give those answers like where I work, where I live, what I do, and maybe how many kids I have. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, and sometimes we may think that's who we are, 
But if we look deeper, we will, you know, I found looking deeper, I found out so much more about myself. Oh, and, and you so know, in this busy, in this busy, chaotic world where, well, everybody's life's at different stages. We have times when mm-hmm. our lives are just so full and busy and chaotic, and then times when it starts to wind down. But it's tough to even take the time to sometimes ask the right questions, but if not, you 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 get stuck. You get so far, and then you get stuck again. You go so far, and then you get mm-hmm. stuck again. And and at mm-hmm. some point, you have to realize there's something going on inside of you. And so this 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 self discovery on these questions and reading secrets of beautiful. How how much time would you say for like an off the shelf listener who might be interested in doing this to learn more about her, her or himself? How much time in each chapter would you say is involved to well self discovery is a lifelong process I know but how much time per chapter mm-hmm. would you say that you would recommend they devote to it not rushing it it shouldn't be mm-hmm. painful but they get some it, they do start to surface things in themselves what would it be like to, you need to spend a, a week each chapter I mean a really dig how much time would you say well. You know, because whatever we do has to fit our lifestyles, and everybody's lifestyle is a little different, I would just say that, do you know, based on your lifestyle, do a little bit each day. Do something each day. If you can't answer, if you can't read a whole chapter, maybe read a page and find something inspiring that you could focus on. So do as much as you can, when you can, so that you can comfortably get through it, and um, you know, may, you know, maybe have it mean something. So if you, so if it's comfortable and it's comfortable, but you want to make it. If, if you're into inspiration, you want to make it daily. I mean, because as you said, in the world that we live in, inspiration and self care which, you know, were probably words that people would roll their eyes at. (laughs) But now it's becoming very serious when we see the world that we live in. And it's part of what helps keep us healthy as well. Yes, yes. And I would, something, something that you do, reading scriptures and and even beyond that, meditating, sitting on the porch, Mm -hmm. going for a walk, doing yoga. This is a fast-paced world. (laughs) And it's not slowing down. So you're doing things to take care of yourself. And I think COVID-19 really showed uh, some statistics I've heard of, not only in adults, Mm -hmm. but young kids. Young kids are struggling. Mm -hmm. Seven, eight, nine years old, I'm talking young kids. There there is a Mm -hmm. need, and COVID showed that. I think the busyness of the world, mask, you talked about wearing a mask. It can mask issues we have that we we're just so mm-hmm. busy we just don't we just don't think about it, we don't deal with it. And then when things slow down, like with COVID, along the lockdowns, we realize there's a problem under the surface. And if you don't slow down, you don't even know that there is a problem. You're going at breakneck speed. You don't even know. So, um but they the out of that they saw that even with young kids, adults, there are people struggling with a lot of stuff. So that book mm-hmm. your book is serves a good purpose, secrets Secrets are beautiful. Now, you had mentioned something before when you we were talking about doing the exercises and the four questions that you have after the chapters. And you said you can write what you want because there's nobody that's going to see it. Nobody's going to, you know, say anything. 
but so mm-hmm. this leads to the next question I was going to ask you. Why do we give what other people say or think about us so much power? You know what? Uh, that's a great question because my second chapter chapter is what do you say? Mm. Okay, that's the second chapter. The first chapter is um, know thyself, and I think the second chapter is yes, what do you say? And so you are absolutely right. And the book talks about, like, the power of mere words that can be damaging or delightful. It can define generations, inspire nations, sway cultures, and history. And so I went through that as a teenager. Uh, what people, other people said had so much effect on me. And, you know, I'm of the opinion that what is wrong with most of us is other people. <laughs> what they've said, what they've told us, what we believe, what we listen to. So, you know, in my book, I caution my readers to, to mute the unvalid naysayers and critics. So, yes, um, that's, 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 you know. And I think it's because we value other people. We do. We do. At the end of the day, I do do believe what matters most is what you say about yourself and to yourself. You know, it does. But there is this great concern. I've heard people, even in a a church I went to in Pennsylvania, I just loved there. I don't live in Pennsylvania anymore, that church, because they were so honest. And it was, why do we care so much? I mean, from ministers, uh, I mean, everyday people, I've heard mothers say mm-hmm. they feel this weight of they don't want anybody to think they're not a good mother. They want their child to behave, don't throw a tantrum, be able to read early, because you're, you're very concerned about what other people are thinking of you and your parenting, whether it's your own mother, what does she think of my parenting skills, your your your, your in-laws if you're married. You're just so concerned and then at work, people are so concerned how am I viewed? <laughs> it's it's yeah. it just, mm-hmm. you, you, it's a weight that, and then when you say something, you how did they really take that? Did they think it was silly? Did they think it was dumb? And it's it's, mm-hmm. it's binding. You're not like free to somehow get free of free of that, and so you can really start to live your own life. So that book, mm-hmm. the exercises and secrets are beautiful. You do it by yourself. And nobody, you put put the book up. You don't have to worry about nobody reading your answers. (laughs) That's right. It's like a book journal. So after each chapter, there are four questions with blank pages. And even after you finish the book, there are pages like to plan your life, to journal, and everything. So it is more like a book book journal that you can, um, like not quite like a diary, but you can write how you really feel in the book. And, you know, if you're inspired in ways uh, to make a change, because a lot of the chapters talk about and ask questions about maybe change, like one of the chapters, uh, one of the questions is, who would you like to become? Mm. Like, who, who would you like to become? If you're not what you want to be, then write down who you want to become. And so okay. that's one of the questions and that's one of the questions in the book. And you know, that was very helpful for me because 
you know, a lot of times, including myself, we want to be, it's not that we want to be something that we're not. It, we, it's, you know, we may just want to be it and, and are not there yet. You know, you ever heard people say, girl, she's trying to be something she's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so whatever yep. you want to become, whoever you want to become, whatever you want to become in life, your persona, your style, know what you want to become. And so um, that was helpful for me. Like, what do I want to become? How do I want to perceive? How I want to carry myself? Like, what I want my style to be? So because we're all unique, and they talked about that in the book, being unique spirits, so there's no one cookie-cutter plan for our lives. Each of our lives, you know, it's individual. And so the plan for me might not be the plan for someone else, but the book is to help you, each person, discover a unique plan for their life. Okay. And that's a beautiful thing, Secrets of Beautiful the Art of Discovering You. Now, considering the subconscious mind, and mm-hmm. thank goodness for Sigmund Freud and others who did the work to to see our conditioning, our programming, and that we have we have a part of our mind we're not even consciously aware of, but it's directing our behavior, our emotions, our thoughts. Considering the subconscious mind and that many mm-hmm. of our thoughts are hidden, they're hidden from our conscious mind. We would say, "Oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm not thinking that. Oh, I'm not projecting. Oh, I'm not. I'm not dissociating. You are. <laughs> You're just not aware mm-hmm. of it. But considering the subconscious mind and the again that our so many so many of our thoughts are hidden from our conscious mind. Is there a way, or have you discovered in your work, a way to tap into what we're really thinking below the mm-hmm. conscious level?" So we move ahead with a singular or united purpose. Mhm. Um. You know, I struggle with that. I really do. I st- I used to struggle with it really bad. Um. And it's something that everybody has to work on because a lot of what comes out in our behavior is subconscious, and mm-hmm. we're like, "Why am I acting like this way?" <laughs> You know, why am I acting this way? Why am I doing these things? And so, you know, I think that we have, that's in part of the discovery, uh, Denise, that we we have to understand how our minds work. And, you know, which we, you know, you know, nobody's sitting around discovering, the, you know, reading books on the mind or the brain. <laughs> but, but we have to understand ourselves. And we have to really listen close to what we're telling ourselves, like what we're ruminating on all day, what we're thinking about all day. Like we have to be conscious of that. And I think that's where the unconsciousness comes in. Like, like, would you know all day if you've just been thinking negative stuff? Like that's something that you kind of have to train yourself with. It really is, and I, I had to do that myself. Uh, I had to train myself to stop all the negative chatter, like what somebody did, what they said, this, that, and the third, this, that. And one day I realized, I said, wow, I have been riding around all day because I used to have to travel a lot, thinking about 
these negative things. And I think the first thing is discovery. Then I would, when I discovered I was doing it, I had to find a way that would work for me to to stop it, to 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 look at it, to work on it. And so that's the main thing. Like we may have things we have to train our minds to think one way. Just like you know, if we if we got stinking thinking, it was trained that way. So you know, we kind of have to untrain it. So you know, Denise, I think it, it goes back to just knowing ourselves and taking more time with ourselves. Like, we're serious people. Like, you know, we're just not something frivolous. Like, our temple, our body, our ser- our minds are serious. Everything about us is serious. And so, you know, keep the serious what it needs to be. And so I say that in that, you know, take a little bit more time, like, with our bodies and temples to take care of them. Take a bit, little bit more time to read something that may keep your mind from being negative all day long. But take a little time to care for yourself, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Now, Secrets are beautiful, and I enjoy visiting your website. Again, it's S-E-C-R-E-T-S-O-F-B-E-A-U-T-I-F-U-L.com. Secrets are beautiful for our off-the-shelf listeners, and I encourage you to go over to Secrets are beautiful and explore more about Kate Poe. But, you mentioned something about life being like a canvas. What do you mean by life is the canvas? We are the we are the painters that shared at your website. What do you mean when you say this? I mean, you know, I, I went real deep on this, and I was like, you know what? When we come through our mother's wombs as little babies, we're blank, right? Our life is that canvas. And look, when we come through the womb, we're blank. We're like canvases. And we're the painters. Once we get the paintbrush, when we get old enough, then then we can we can create our masterpiece. Mm. That's why I mean by that. Okay. The life now, is the canvas. Yes. Now, how does letting go of what we can't control, Kate? How does that help to bring us into peace? Girls just make the life so simple. It really does. It that has really helped me letting go of things I can't not control. Um, if you want peace, that's one thing you must do. Only focus on the things that you can control. That's what's within your power. And when you focus on what is within your power to do, not outside of your power. It makes your life a lot more simpler, a lot more peaceful, less stressful, and more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And we try to continue. You know oh, my God. I'm, I'm sorry, Ms. Denise. Go ahead. I've heard on radio shows people talking about other people. How can I get my spouse, my – some people, I wonder if they even go into relationships just to try to control another person. They're, I don't know where that comes from in some people. That's something, thank goodness, I've never had a temptation to do. But there are a lot of people who mm-hmm. really try to control other people, parents who try to control their grown children. And what you're sharing, and I thank you for sharing it, you really are taking yourself out of peace trying to do – these things. You can't control other people. You can't control another person. Mm -hmm. And I think you move within your power 
when you use the tools within your power, which is my next book, Moving Your Power, Shameless Plug. <laughs> okay. No, go ahead. Okay. But then you have to discover you have to discover yourself first, right? So then the the, yeah. the secrets are beautiful, discovering yourself. Share three tips for our off the shelf listeners on what we can do to become authentic. Oh, wow. The first thing I think that one can do is come to terms with who they are. And if you are who you want to be and it's okay, then there you are. If you're okay with who you are, and you know you're not discontent with wanting to be something else. If you own who you are, you really you really do, and uh, that's what authentic is. I mean, you know, if you uh, have a boisterous laugh and, and that's your laugh, and people can't stand it, that's your authentic, and you don't you don't ever hide what is true for you. Now, I'm not saying, you know, we have to examine and see that all if all is well with us and the things that are not well with us, you know, if we can, it's within our power to do something about it. And if we don't, you know, we can, we cannot. Um, but I think uh, it's, it's, you know, you, you can't have a happy life, Denise, if you're not yourself, if you're something that everybody else wants you to be. Accept who you want to be for you. So that's one thing that we have to fight hard to keep our authenticity. We do. We have to own it, and we have to be unapologetic about it. Mm. And and this book will help you because maybe somebody thinks they are being authentic, but they're not. There may be being, uh, I heard a story years ago, a woman was a successful dentist. Her father had been a dentist. She thought she enjoyed mm-hmm. it, and she was very successful. Her father passed, and she didn't want to do dentistry anymore. So she went into psychotherapy. She didn't know what was wrong. She wasn't feeling happy. And through that work, hers of self-discovery, this is after years going to school, this dedication. She was a successful mm-hmm. dentist. She discovered she had only gone into de- dentistry to please her father, and that was like a shocker. <laughs> that she's like, mm-hmm. so it could take years. You think of your authentic self. Why are you doing what you're doing? You think you really want to do it, but maybe there's something behind that that you need to explore first. So I, uh, next question I want to ask you when it comes to the self-discovery, intuition plays a role. I've recently heard that's when your soul is speaking to you. If you feel something and you're telling you something, don't do something, don't mm-hmm. do it. So does everyone mm-hmm. have intuition, or is this mainly like a thing for just certain people? Hmm. Now that's a tough one. <laughs> um, you know, I believe that there are warning bells inside of all of us. So I believe that we all have tuition. But here's what I also believe, that... Uh, you know, in the Bible, they call it a discerning spirit. Mm-hmm. And some people have not yet uh, 
they have intuition and it speaks to them, but some people are not listening to themselves yet because they're not. They don't listen to themselves yet. I went through that period. And after you do, and, and, and you know, you, it'll, you'll, be, you'll have the feeling that it'll be like, no, no, no. And you'll be like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and you go with the yes, yes, yes. And then you're like, wow, this was really no, no, no. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mm. so, you know, I think we just, Denise, I think that, you know, life is just such an adventurous journey that we're going to learn so much. We're going to, uh, uh, our path is going to encounter many different things, many different people. So, I think we have to be the best we that we can be. And I think in order to do that, we do have to, you know, check ourselves out and see if we, you know, that if, if we're up to where we want to be. So. Okay. Yeah. I have two, two more questions for then. I want to uh, uh, just, uh, we're coming down about 10 more minutes left. Then I want to talk about your film and your music. But the next question uh, before we get to your film and your music how is are there ways to tell that we are you said you went through a period where you something saying no 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 and you yes 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 are there ways to tell that we are being guided by our true self some would say your true self some would say god the creator are there ways to tell because you come up with the two two different uh what the yin and the yang is everywhere you go it's this way or that way is there a way to tell that you are being guided uh, by your true self? You know, when I look back on the mistakes that I made, like I had a feeling that it wasn't going to be good. You always have a feeling. It's, I just believe that some people ignore the feeling, but, you know, we just always have it. So I think that we have to do more listening to ourselves. We have to... Tune in more deeply. I think, you know, and when I started doing that, like, like you know, making decisions is very important because, you know, they can make or break uh, your life and a lot of things. So now when I make decisions where, you know, maybe back in the past, you know, it was irrational. You didn't think about it. You just made it. You didn't think what was going to happen, what was the consequences, you know, or anything. But now I tend to, like, run all of those things through real quickly. So, mm. you know, I think that over time, if if we if we work hard, I believe we can get there. Okay. We had a, had a, had a mm-hmm. listener say in the chat room that uh, he does agree with uh, – a lot of times we don't listen to ourselves, even to our bodies, what they're trying to tell us, and then we, we get sick and we're shocked at, at, at what's happening to, to us. It really mm-hmm. is important to do that. So before, again, I move into the film and the music, last question in this on, on this topic, um, how does joy help us to heal? You know, the scriptures tell us that joy is our strength. But some people really think sacrifice is is a way to a good life. How how does joy help us to heal? Mm. Well, you know, like if people you're depressed, there ain't no healing going on. 
So joy is essential for wellness. It really is. You know, like the scripture says, don't let them steal your joy. Because joy is everything. Like, if you don't have joy, like, you could be the walking dead. Like, yes, we have to find joy over sacrifice. And I think, you know, for most African Americans, we were taught to sacrifice for everybody. We was taught it's never enough when we live in a world with abundance, everything. But we was always taught it's never going to be enough, lack, lack, lack. And so we live our lives like that because that's it's our mentality. So also to live your best life and discover your best self, we have to discover some of the mentalities in our lives that are not pushing us forward. And the one that you said, sacrifice over joy, is one that I'm sure a lot of people can attest to. But I think it's joy over sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But, again, the, the lack the lack of the scarcity thinking, there's not enough, and you and you shouldn't outdo other people like that's being bad. Mm-hmm. All these things can keep you just, All and if you, if you go on and success, you can, look how many people you can bless once you become successful. It's not, and some reason, there is a lot of it. I grew up in the projects. There's a lot of thinking that, you can't, you shouldn't get too far ahead. You'll become bougie and you just shouldn't. Well, you can't help a lot of people when <laughs> you can't. You can't do as much. You cannot. You, you can't do can't. much. You know, so it's better to go on and really, really follow the creator and do your absolute best. Shrinking and staying small, you're not benefiting anybody. Nobody's being benefited. Some people may feel comfortable because they feel like you're not outdoing yeah. them, but but that mm-hmm. is, in the long run, you're really not benefiting anybody by shrinking or staying small. Now, I'm going to pivot just a little bit as we okay. start to come to the end of the show. You, being that you studied film, and you said you did mainly more the, the directing part of it than the acting, mm-hmm. uh, but do mm-hmm. you have plans? You're working on your second book, and you, you said you're going back in the studio. Do you have plans mm-hmm. to create a short or a long film? I do. I absolutely do. I absolutely do. Okay. And I, I have a, yes, I do, because, you know, it's funny that you said that, because, um, I, you know, I've been, I have a few scripts that I, I've worked on, and that is, that's in, that's in my plans. Um, however, you know, I've been so, so busy, but then I tell myself, I said, you really got to make plans for things that matter to you and that you really want to accomplish. So, yes, that is something definitely I'm going to uh, uh, get something out and film, maybe uh, next year or so. But uh, right now, I all I have in the works is a script. No real plans, like right, right now, immediately. But, yes, within the next year or so, you will see something from um, Poe House Enterprises. Okay. Can you give us a glimpse? What would what are you is it gonna be non fiction, inspirational? Is it like a mystery, romance? Can you give us a little peek it into will, what it, the, it, it, it will it will be drama. I like drama. 
So, uh, yeah, I um, started, uh, I'm already working on something about uh, a teacher who uh, gives some kids an assignment um, in a school. And he, he says over the summer, we're going to all do our family tree. Well, after he gave the assignment, a lot of the kids came up and said, you know, well, I'm adopted. I don't know anything about my parents or blah, 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 blah. So he realizes that, wow, these kids need some help. So he elicits uh, this this lady that helped with DNA and family trees to help the kids. And so the story evolved from the lines that they're going to discover from that. So it's more, it's more like dramas, dramas that I like. Very interesting. Now you're going back in the mm-hmm. studio, and kudos to you. What type of music? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, this is it's it's, it's I do like uh, more like um, I guess R and B, a fusion of neo soul and jazz. Okay. So we were mm-hmm. talking Maxwell, so, uh, 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 and her name. Yeah, is, like I, Maxwell, sort of like that. Um, Sort of like um, Jill Scott, like like that. Okay. And when mm-hmm. is when is that? When is this your first? Is this going to be your first CD album, or is this your oh, second? No. And when no, is that going to? It's not my first uh, first uh, round of recording music. Uh, this music, this new music is going to be out. I have one song called Summer Fun which is going to be out uh, right around June. Oh, my goodness. So we can, our listeners can go to your website and, and, and either purchase it there or. Website. Yeah, website, Facebook, IG, so it'll be on there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, as we before we before we wrap up, this is a question I like to ask all our guests. Can you share like three to four steps? that you found to be effective at getting the word out about your books, your music, your film? Because we have listeners who themselves are writers, some are film uh, mm-hmm. producers. What have you found to be effective at getting the word out about your books and your music and your films? Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing you have to do is tell people <laughs> everywhere you go that you're a writer and about your book, no matter where you go, if it's the cashier, if it's the bank. So tell everybody. Two, also seek out uh, tools that you may have access to. Like if you went to a university, like my university did a book signing for me for homecoming, and I had my books over there. Uh, A lot of people knew me. Um, One of the ways is if you – went to a university, connect with your university, okay, uh, because they have, they do a lot of literary-type events uh, where they can have you as an author, and if your university has a bookstore, you can speak with them. Like I went and talked to the university bookstore on the campus, and they carry my book. You can visit uh, uh, universities and bookstores. Uh, you can make a list of all of the bookstores. Uh, that you would like to see your book in, call them up. Also, if you're local and in the area, make sure that all the colleges get your books. Make sure that all the libraries get your book. And most of all, 
stay connected with the community. And recently I added one more thing. I started going to book festivals. I went to my first book festival in Houston. It was great. I loved it. Met a lot of people, sold some books. People got to find out about me. I met some new people. Now I'm going to another book festival in April. So do book festivals. Seek markets and venues where you can talk about your book and also sell your book. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Thanks for sharing. Where can off-the-shelf listeners get a copy of Secrets of Beautiful and your other works? Okay, well, you can go to barnesandnobles.com. And then, of course, Amazon carries everything. If you barnesandnobles.com, you can go to secretsofbeautiful.com and amazon.com. So it's a lot of places, but I just gave you three um, that they can go and um, find the book. Oh, we have just had a delight of having M.K. Poe here with us. She's the CEO of Poe Enterprises. She is doing, hopefully, she'll come out, she said, with a film drama in about a year. In June, you can look for her CD. She's going back into the studio, that Neo Soul, which I absolutely love. You think Maxwell, Jill Scott, along those lines. And you can visit her online at Secrets of Beautiful. She's the author of Secrets of Beautiful, The Art of Discovering You. Her website, secretsofbeautiful.com, spelled just the way it sounds. I encourage you to get a copy of her book, and maybe you'll meet her while she's out there on the road. You check out her website and where her upcoming events are going to be. So I want to thank you, Kate, for taking time out of your day to be here with us and our listeners on Off the Shelf. And we have people who listen from all over the world. They on they listen so many platforms, iTunes and, and, and Google Play and just so many different places that listeners catch off the shelf. And to our listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out of your day to be here with us. And I especially thank our loyal listeners. Remember, set your calendar Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You're going to catch off the shelf where you meet these awesome guests like Ms. Kate, Kate Poe of Poe Enterprises. Kate, I'll shoot you an email when the show finishes streaming. To our listeners, as I always tell you, you are phenomenal. You're awesome. You're so amazing. Go out and create a wonderful day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday at 11 a.m. Bye for now. Thanks, Denise. Bye-bye.